What's going on, family? Happy Tuesday. Welcome to another edition of The Faction. I hope you guys are doing well. Hope you're in the midst of having an absolutely fantastic day. It's great to hang out with you guys. It's been a super busy week. A lot of things have been going on, but it is always amazing when we get to connect here on The Faction. Got lots of news to talk about today, so strap on your seatbelt. It's going to be fun. First of all, a big thank you to all of you who continue to support what we're doing via social media at The Faction Show by subscribing to this podcast wherever you're listening to us, including Google, Spotify, Apple. Thank you so much. These moments really do matter. And if you are among the amazing people who are both subscribed and you're following us on the socials, we really, really appreciate you. If you're brand new, welcome aboard. I hope you're going to enjoy the ride that we have together as part of the faction. All right, there's a lot of news to get to, and I want to start by going to last Friday, SmackDown, the return of Bray Wyatt on SmackDown. So let me just say this. Triple H's WWE is special for a lot of reasons. And interestingly enough, last week I was on a podcast with our friends at Wrestling Wild Black. Shout out to Robert Simmons, R3, and the entire crew there. And we were talking about Extreme Rules. And this was the first time that I've actually been in a conversation with some wrestling fans recently where they didn't understand the hubbub they didn't understand the hype they didn't understand the excitement about Bray Wyatt I was really shocked that there are people who are just like I don't get it it doesn't make sense to me I don't understand and I think this is the beauty of Triple H's WWE I think Triple H in the WWE these days is now righting a lot of wrongs and in that giving us an opportunity to see some people for the greatness that they really possess. A number of the returns that have come back have made a lot of sense, et cetera, et cetera. And this Bray Wyatt thing was executed perfectly. Let me start by saying this. I know most of you, well, I don't know. I'm not exactly sure where all of you stand relative to Bray Wyatt, but I will say this. I think Bray Wyatt is an incredible example of why you cannot always measure the greatness of a wrestler by championships alone. That is almost like measuring the greatness of an artist solely based on Grammys and other awards and those kinds of accolades. Truth be told, some of the greatest singers and artists of our time don't have a single Grammy award. I think we wouldn't argue that Diana Ross is an absolute great. Snoop Dogg is an absolute great. And several others who don't have a Grammy Award to their credit. So what does that mean, right? What does it mean? Well, what makes you great isn't always the accolades you receive or the championships you've won. What makes you great is how you make us feel. Your ability to evoke emotion, right? That's what makes great actors. That's what makes great athletes. That's what makes great entertainers. And so Bray Wyatt, no matter what iteration of him we have seen, has always had the ability to make us feel. From his debut back in, what, 2013, 2014, 2015, up through now, he's always given us the ability to feel. And so the entire White Rabbit campaign 
brilliant. The execution and reveal at Extreme Rules, brilliant. And so now everybody wants to see what happens next. And so we get a small inkling of that when we see SmackDown. And think about this, think about the placement. He's placed at the end of the show. The final image that you see. And was this powerful or was it powerful? We get to see Bray Wyatt express his heart, express his feelings, express what we may or may not have known. What's been going on with him in the last year? You know, and it's it's incredible. It's incredible. But then mid-sentence, we see the lights go out and we see now he is being seemingly confronted by maybe the white rabbit or by maybe another side of himself. Like the fact that we have so many questions and that this has so many places it could go is of extreme excitement. And so I know there are some who don't get it and et cetera, et cetera. I just wanna tell you, don't make the mistake of just trying to measure the greatness of a superstar based on how many championships they've won. Rowdy Roddy Piper was never a world champion. Jake the Snake Roberts was never a world champion. We do remember Dusty Rhodes as the NWA champion, but it was extremely brief, extremely brief. So I'm just saying, what do people make you feel? That's why we love them. And I'm not trying to tell you who to like, who not to like, why we like or why we don't. I'm just trying to remind you that there's more to a great wrestler than merely winning championships, than merely accolades or awards or slammies or whatever you want to call them. It is about how you make people feel. And Bray has established a connection with us that is absolutely special. I am excited to see where this story is going to go. And let me just say this, in a WWE that is currently being dominated by the bloodline, we are actually right now seeing all of the makings of the things that made the WWE untouchable during the Attitude Era, right? You hear Brendan Clack talk about the Attitude Era all the time and why he thinks it's great and so on and so forth. What he won't acknowledge right now, yeah, I'm calling him out. What he won't acknowledge right now is that we're seeing all of those elements coming into formation as we speak. What made the attitude great was not just the presence of one wrestler. It wasn't just Stone Cold. It was Stone Cold and The Rock and The Undertaker and Mankind and DX and Bret Hart and the Nation of Domination and, 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 right? And so I think we're starting to really see some of that now in the current iteration of WWE. You've got Roman Reigns. You've got the bloodline. You've got inside the bloodline, the makings of Sami Zayn, the Usos, the entrance of Solo Sokoa. We've got some massive returns that have been happening as well. You know, the things going on with Dexter Loomis and The Miz, damage control, Bianca Belair, like all of these things. And then you throw the intrigue and the like all around Bray Wyatt. We're in some special times for WWE. And I am absolutely 
here for that. We do know for sure that Bray Wyatt is assigned to SmackDown, so he is going to be on the SmackDown brand. But yeah, he's so big that they're going to be showing recaps of him on Raw as they did last night. Speaking of Raw, and I've got a spoiler or two surrounding Raw, the return of Elias last night. Gone is Ezekiel. And I'll say this again, righting the wrongs. Ezekiel was never really going anywhere anyway. So I think this was a great idea to bring Elias back. Where he fits in all of this is interesting, interjecting himself in that U.S. title picture. And then we're seeing now the rise of Mustafa Ali, a new look, a new vibe. Like, I think it's working. I really think it's working. So really quick, in case you did not hear, Triple H was not at Monday Night Raw last night. Why is that? Because he tested positive for COVID-19. So he is working remotely. He will not be at NXT tonight. And he is hoping to be at SmackDown this Friday. But I will say this, contracting COVID-19 at this stage in 2022 doesn't exactly feel the same that it did a couple of years ago. So we're hoping for a speedy recovery for Triple H to get him back in the saddle in the good spaces and good graces of WWE. Absolutely love, obviously, what he's doing and all of the cool things that have been coming from that. So we've got some other news to tell you about since we're talking about WWE. This is a really interesting piece of news that has come out, and I'm intrigued to see where this is going to go. So check this out. We know WWE, one of their big things, of course, is the premium live event, formerly known as pay-per-views. And some major changes have come, obviously, in WWE, but we've not seen those changes necessarily to the formats or presentations in terms of names of pay-per-views. Now, we have seen the pay-per-views get a lot better. We've seen Fewer matches, longer matches, better matches, but some changes are coming for 2023. According to Brian Alvarez, a major change is this. The day one pay-per-view that debuted earlier this year, January the 1st, and was set to happen January the 1st, 2023, once again in Atlanta, no more. Day one, over, gone. Kind of shocking, kind of hurts me because I was actually looking forward to going to it here in Atlanta, but that's not going to happen. What is going to happen, obviously the Royal Rumble in San Antonio, WWE is planning more international shows and less gimmick shows. So it is believed that we'll see fewer pay-per-views like Extreme Rules or Hell in a Cell. Now, with Hell in a Cell, I know there's been the whole conversation that that as a match should be protected. It shouldn't be a whole pay-per-view. So I don't know really what all of that is going to entail if we're going to see Extreme Rules go away. But I think that this year's version of Extreme Rules was by far one of the best presentations we've seen of Extreme Rules in recent memory. What happens now? This will be interesting I'm interested to see what the pay-per-view schedule for 2023 is going to look like, which we should have an indicator of that fairly soon. Also looking at the pay-per-view schedule for 2022, the last pay-per-view for 2022 is Survivor Series. So there's not a pay-per-view plan for December. In fact, the way things are looking right now, 
there's going to be a break in pay-per-views or premium live events. So Survivor Series in September will be the last one for 2022. And then the first of 2023 will be the Royal Rumble. So that is no pay-per-view for December and almost most of January until the end of January. So that's going to be really, really exciting. I actually think it's smart, and I'll tell you why I think. You know, they say absence makes the heart grow fonder, and there was a period in WWE where when they did the brand split, each brand had its own pay-per-view. So there was one point where we were getting pay-per-views every two weeks. Then they moved it out to, you know, every month. And it's been every month for a long time. I think putting a break and putting some time in between gives the opportunity to make the weekly shows more important and make the premium live events that much more important. Now, I'm just throwing an idea out here, but there's a part of me that feels like it is time to really look again at if this model is actually working. And here's why. Because pay-per-view events in the ways that they were created, it was that the weekly shows were leading us to these massive events. The massive events would obviously be large money makers from a pay-per-view perspective. But things have changed with streaming. You know, we're not looking at a situation in WWE where people are dropping $59 a month, you know, or the $50 that's happening for every AEW pay-per-view. Instead, they're going uh, the long route, which is the route of streaming. And that really started with the advent of the WWE Network back in 2014, with things now being on Peacock and now eight years of a habit like this for WWE viewers, it would really be hard to obviously go back to traditional pay-per-view. But I think we now have to ask ourselves, what do the premium live events really mean in WWE? Are we seeing more viewers tune into that or are more viewers still tuning into the regular weekly programming? And if that is the case, where's the bigger payday? Where are there more eyes? Now, I'm tending to think like this. With everything else kind of up for review, and when I say up for review, the pandemic really altered the way a lot of people do business in a lot of ways. It may be time for pro wrestling, particularly the WWE, to start rethinking what these premium live events are. Are you making them so special that people feel like they have to tune in or not? Is it worth now paying whatever you're going to pay for Peacock, be that $4.99 a month or $9.99 a month, right? Is it worth that? That's the question. And so I think it's a great time to really reevaluate it. So if you're not having these premium live events every month, and you're having them maybe every other month, then perhaps we're giving indeed what these events are supposed to do. We're returning to that, hopefully, which is you make these weekly events lead up to and build to these massive events. We'll see. Time will certainly tell, but definitely some changes coming down the pike for the WWE and its premium live events. When we come back, more news to discuss, including a collaboration involving AEW and Warner Brothers. That's coming up when we come back. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? 
Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm gonna start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient and I announced that we were gonna start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But then I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perception's reality. How did we get on Southern an Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack 1,000 people! I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. How about that? The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here for a few minutes later. It was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year is going to be mine. COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a win, there's a you, there will always be an S-H-W. You know it's the Mac Militant. Coming to get it all. Hey, what's up, players? This is Teddy Dawn, and you're listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio. And that's real talk, players. Holla, holla, holla. All right, so some big news surrounding AEW and Warner Brothers as they will be collaborating for an upcoming project. That project is involving a new documentary where cameras will be following members of the AEW locker room around. And this filming begins in November at AEW Dynamite for their event that's happening in Baltimore. The filming for this documentary will run for six weeks through the tapings in Garland, Texas in December. Tony Khan will serve as executive producer for this particular show alongside Sam Burns. But they will also have Shed Media coming in as executive producer as well. Now, there's no premiere date set for this new show, nor do we know the name of the show, but we do know that it will be airing and premiering sometime in 2023. Now, this is not AEW's first foray into reality television or documentaries. We remember Roads to the Top, their inaugural space with that back in September 2021. Featuring Cody and Brandy Rhodes, that show did well, well enough to be greenlit for a season two before Cody Rhodes left AEW and headed to WWE. So it'll be interesting to see what this particular documentary will showcase what we'll actually learn about Dynamite and the folks that are there on Dynamite, how honest of a story will be told at this point. 
Not sure. But speaking of AEW, in case you have not heard, John Moxley has re-signed with the company and he has signed a five-year deal. Now, he was actually coming up on the end of his deal. And this time last year, he was giving some thought to not re-signing with the company. He was actually looking at being kind of a freelance wrestler who would just show up on AEW but would not be committed necessarily to showing up weekly because he was burnt out. But of course, he went through his rehab period, which really did help him mind, body and soul and has put him in a space where he feels confident enough with this company to be able to spend the next five years with AEW. Perhaps that's why he was given the opportunity to once again be the world champion. But when we think about it. He's really been kind of the steady Eddie of AEW, so it makes sense that he would be the world champion. He's also recently done an interview on Sports Illustrated where he actually speaks out about what was supposed to be his vacation time and the media scrum. So here's how it looks from the perspective of John Moxley. Moxley had fully set up to be on vacation following All Out. In fact, he said he was happy with his match with CM Punk. And so he and Eddie Kingston, after the match, actually went outside to smoke and talk. And while they were outside, the media scrum heard round the world happened. By the time they came back in the building, all hell had broken loose at this particular point. And it became very, very apparent that that vacation that he wanted wasn't going to happen. And so he, again, credits his rehab for allowing him to be in a space where he can be okay with the vacation that he had planned not happening. And of course, doesn't look like it'll be happening anytime soon as he is the current reigning AEW world champion. So congratulations to John Moxley. A couple of other pieces of news, of course, tonight, NXT. It's the go-home show for their upcoming Halloween Havoc premium live event and this is significant because there's not really been many premium live events in the NXT 2.0 era but the NXT 2.0 era is over and now with NXT a premium live event for Halloween Havoc is going to be significant some great matches are set up and tonight will really be interesting because there are a number of talents from both Raw and Smackdown that should be on the show we know that Raquel Rodriguez will be taking on Cora Jade we know that Rhea Ripley will be in her first televised match in about five to six months as she will be heading to NXT to take on Roxanne Perez. We also know that the OC will be joining Cameron Grimes tonight on NXT to take on the Dyad or the Schism, whichever you'd like to call them. So it should be a pretty jam-packed show leading into what I think should be a really, really solid presentation of Halloween Havoc this weekend. So that's going down. Of course, AEW Dynamite will take place tomorrow night. Actually wrong. Dynamite won't take place tomorrow night. Dynamite actually takes place tonight. That's right. A big schedule change as tonight, Dynamite should be pretty powerful, which now really helps us understand why there are so many Raw and SmackDown talents infused onto NXT, because tonight is NXT versus AEW. Both will be live. 
Both will be airing at 8 p.m. Eastern. Should be exciting as, of course, there will be a Ring of Honor world title match tonight as Chris Jericho takes on Dalton Castle. And then, of course, the AEW World Championship tonight. John Moxley takes on Hangman Page. You've got to imagine MJF will be somewhere around. And if there is indeed this head-to-head battle, both of them are going to be swinging for the fences. So I would dare say, and this is kind of a daring thing, might we anticipate a title change tonight on AEW? Does MJF become the new world champion tonight? And certainly with a pay-per-view full gear on the way for AEW, they certainly are going to try to do all they can to continue to distance themselves from the debacle that happened at All Out. So I think tonight will be a great night of television for pro wrestling. Again, Dynamite tonight, NXT tonight make sure you are tuned in to both before we get out of here a quick reminder shout out to all of you guys who have already started checking out the merch we've got a brand new merch drop that has happened if you're unfamiliar you can go to prowrestlingtees.com slash bonafide we've got now two fantastic shirts both with mantras that have really become the hallmark and the foundation for my pro wrestling career and the rest of my life one is bet on you and the brand new one that dropped is five seconds of courage i really believe that that is what you need to find great success you don't need a lifetime of courage that seems too daunting you just need five seconds that's enough time to help you say yes or no and once you do that and finally commit to that decision then you can continue to grab seconds of courage to encourage you and support you in making these massive decisions one day i'll run through once again the story of me becoming a pro wrestling commentator and how indeed it literally required five seconds of courage that changed the trajectory of my life so go ahead and get the new shirt ProWrestlingTees.com slash Bonnerfied. You'll also find Bet on You there. If you haven't grabbed that shirt, go ahead and grab both of them today. The holidays are coming, so they'll make for great gifts. Now's a great time to order as well. So check out those shirts at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Bonnerfied. And shouts to all of you who have already ordered. It makes a huge difference and it really means the world to me. All right, we're going to get out of here. I hope you have an absolutely incredible day today. We'll have more content dropping this week, so be on the lookout for it. And I'm working on another little something for us that I think you guys are going to enjoy. So until next time, family, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the EP, John Murray. My name is Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. I my people.